Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone! Before we get started, I just want to let you know that your input can directly make our shows better. One of the biggest ways to support your favorite shows here is by rating and commenting on iTunes. All of our shows are available in Apple Podcast form on iTunes, and all you have to do is search for AfterBuzz and your favorite show title. Once you're there, leave the show a rating and a comment on why you like the show or any comments you have for the hosts. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to continue to bring you the best shows we possibly can. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Welcome to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Tonight we're breaking down Season 3, Episode 9, Bebo, the God of War. It's our mid-season finale. Let's see how much wine Dave Child drinks during the course of this episode. It's a lot! Tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yeah. Wow, welcome, everybody, to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show for an episode that some of us enjoyed. Uh, I'm one of your host, Frank Brand. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's my jam right there. I'm Dave Child, everyone. You can find me at MRDaveChild at DaveChild.com. We just Googled Elmo and Christmas song. And this is what came up, and that's my new favorite Christmas song. And dude, Bert and Ernie are in that. It's awesome. Nice. Oh, boy. Uh, Merry Bebo Day, ladies and gentlemen. I am Lex Michael. I am Oliver. Social media at the Lex Michael. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And we have our lovely wine tonight from uh, Stephen Amell's Knocking Point Winery, the uh, Wicked Aim Cabernet. Guys, be sure to subscribe to his wine club. You will enjoy the box every month. But I'm enjoying this wine because... Constantine's on tonight, and I hope that you guys have a drink in front of you as well. Huzzah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And it's a screw top. Always a... Classy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's how you ball. know it's really yes. good, when you could save more for later. <laughs> well, and actually, because there's a shortage on corkage, and there's actually no difference as far as cork wine, because I actually used to be like a wine uh, wow. connoisseur, so... Well, it looks like the joke break. was on us, huh? Yeah. Woo! I wasn't yeah. the one complaining. I love a good screw top. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on Twitter or Twitter. Twitter. Give us five stars on Twitter. Like you know us what? five times on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah. also give us those five stars on iTunes, not just to keep the show yeah. in its high elite uh, celebrated status, but also take a look at Lex Michael right over Steve. Him. Please put him on camera right now. Look at that. Look at that. If we just push in close on oh that tired, God. exhausted face, See, you know guys, what's happening? This Look, he's is got this stars. poncho on. He's cold. Yeah. You know, he can't so even cold. have the wine. He can only have the five-star reviews. So His body is shutting down because yeah. he's lacking those five-star reviews yeah. from you, the viewer. So cold. So you, with just one simple push <laughs> of a computer button. He's you, on the edge. Yeah. You can keep our Lex Michael 
alive and well and ensuring He's hardly there. quality commentary on After Buzz After Shows for years so to come. Cold. <laughs> uh, you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, and while you're there, give it a thumbs up. And feel free to hop in the chat like Krisha's got her computer here, which means the chat is up and running. Yep. So feel free to share your thoughts about you know, Lex Michael and his condition. Tell us uh, what this, you're going to do for the holidays. This particular yeah. episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. This yeah. was their holiday episode. This was very... This is it. Yes. Yeah. This was very festive. <laughs> well, sorry, it was a festivus yeah. for the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, yes, we start off, of course, uh, much like every year uh, around Christmas tri- time, and there's parents desperately seeking that much-wanted toy that, that's the only thing that will satisfy their child. Uh, back in Central City in 1992, young Martin Stein is over at a toy store trying to look for Bebo. And we get to see that there's only one Bebo left. Yeah. It's like a, like, a, like a version of Jingle All the Way. I was waiting <laughs> yeah. for Sinbad to show up. <laughs> Aren't we all always <laughs> waiting for Sinbad to just you know, show up? We couldn't get Sinbad for this episode. We I wonder if they tried. We should ask. They should have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, I did like when they all finally uh, tr- uh, rampage towards the single Bebo. The guy who first spots it and announces to everybody that it's there, he, he wanted it for himself, right? Yeah. He yeah, presumably could have just sauntered over there, quietly grabbed it, and left. But instead, this agent of chaos yells it out specifically to incite the violence that then occurs. He's he's also the same guy that when he sees that Stein has it, he says, Get him! And so that means he's going to go after him and, like, rip it apart? How are they going to... He's not, he's not, this is what he's there for. He's not there for He's the there for chaos. Yeah. Yeah. He is the Satan in disguise, <laughs> I believe. I was surprised that Stein knew exactly how a rubber arrow was going to work, because if anyone has ever used one of those, they are unpredictable. I really <laughs> wanted him to go like, all right, I got it, lined up, and then let it go and just have it go. Because <laughs> that's what always happens with me with those. Yeah, one of our uh, fans in the chat, Michaela Traub, uh, who's a good friend of ours on Facebook uh, sometimes, too, said she had a Furby that played the Silence of the Lambs theme song, and it was horrifying. Wait, and I'm like, like that what? sounds well, so cool. Wait, I need what do you this. mean the theme song? Like, Goodbye Horses? Goodbye oh, no. Horses. Wait, is no, that the song? Or is it like... That's the, when, the, when like, he's doing the cool tuck and the dance? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the only thing... The first thing I thought is the scariest thing for a doll to sing is probably the Rosemary's Baby yeah. yes. song. The la, 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 la. But the... Uh, I don't know what the... Silence of the Lambs one. So wait, Ma- yeah, Michaela, is it Goodbye Horses that you're referring to, or is this something we else? We need to know. Yeah. I know, this is going to bug me. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get an answer was, here soon, I think. This was in it. reference to the big Tickle Me Elmo craze that kind of happened in the, I guess, the 90s? It, 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 it yeah. was much later, though. Like, not 92, because I remember... Yeah, because yeah, my dad worked at KB Toys at the time and had to be interviewed on the news about the insanity. Like, it'll tickle me Elmo. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, because my dad... Killed someone <laughs> over getting me a tickle me elbow. That is more believable than him working, but uh, no, it was more red than any of the other elbows. Did any of you uh, ever obsess about having for Christmas one of those toys that was uh, like the really hot item that particular year? No, it's never the hot item. I did obsess over getting a specific. The specific uh, Ozzy Osbourne doll that I saw. At <laughs> the Spencer. Bark at the Moon one. The Bark at the Moon. My dad had that doll, and it like we swear the house was haunted because it would go off all the time. Yeah, it just that yeah. Bark at yeah. the Moon. It's like yeah. him as a werewolf. Yeah. Todd McFarlane yeah. designed it. Yeah, it was so cool. This was in like the Todd McFarlane yeah. like designing action figures age. So yep. that's had a lot of cool like 
really realistic looking action figures, but this one was big. It was about this big. It was a, it was Ozzy Osbourne as a werewolf, and, and when it's you a squeezed super it, cool doll. it just started singing "Back at the Moon." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because like, and it would sing like the first little bit of the song too. It was like, "Hey." Bark at the moon and like over and over. If it, yeah, yeah it I don't cool. know why I was ups- I was a weird kid. No. <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> well, I, I got one. it. I got it. I still have it. I think it it's in like storage at home. I didn't yeah. bring it to LA, but it's still it's somewhere in Massachusetts. There's a cold storage. It's just looking out and going back at the moon. <laughs> and he's still doing it because I swear it. it would last forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lex? Off the top of my head, not really. Nothing specific. Definitely not. By the time we got to Tickle Me Elmo, I was already too old. Yeah. And that was the last. Was there anything? Furby was before that, right? Furby was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Furby, I think, was after Tickle Me Elmo. They were pretty well, like, I think it was almost like the next year was Furby. Yeah, because I remember being like Tickle Me Elmo was the big one that kind of. Like set it, set it off. up, and then there, I remember there was like zip zop cars or something like that. I and then later, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, there were. I remember there being a lot of Furbies around. Mm. <laughs> What's the hot toy now? You have a kid. Yeah. yeah, I was like, would you get uh, Josie something? Uh, well, I got her some Ghostbuster stuff. Ooh, cool. Oh, some DC cool. superhero yeah. girl stuff. So. I'm, I'm pretty much my fingers on the definitely pulse. your yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, perfect. <laughs> oh. uh, and some smooshies, uh, DC a little figurine advent calendar. Smooshies, yeah. What is a smooshies? They're like kind of like uh, no ushies. I'm sorry, ushies. They're like a little yeah, almost like a racer right. head. Kind of like a, a racer, racer head? head? Yeah. Racer. I think I have a Wonder Woman yeah, I got for like free in a gift bag there you go. somebody. The monster baby? Yeah, it's just yeah. a monster baby. Uh, yeah, so uh, they, they, every day you open it up and you get uh, like a different little Ushi that's in a DC-shaped character. So oh, we've got I a, see. We've got a Batman that uh, glows in the dark. We've got a oh, Riddler, so cool. a Lex Luthor, a Flash. <gasps> Man, do they all glow in the dark? No, no. Not all of them. Some of them do. Why does though. only Batman glow in the dark? Well, I'm only in five of the month. Like, the of dark all of the night? characters you listed, he's the least likely to glow in the dark. They're the least one you like because no. he's he, he, the night is his friend. He doesn't want to like right. signal the end. He is the night. That's right. Yeah, uh, and, it's only day five though, Lex. Yeah. I still have you know another twenty or nineteen days to go on this. So who knows what Ooh. other glow in the dark items I'll find 19, inside? Undo the nonsense. Nineteen days. There's a red tornado in there, which I thought was a nice deep oh, cut for cool. Anushi. I'm waiting to get that one. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, like I never can think of something I wanted that was really specific. But you know, the, in the old Spider-Man cartoon in the '90s, there was a character Morbius that was a vampire. Yeah. That toy was so hard to find. My mom like looked forever and wound up finding it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because that's what my brother liked. He's like, I like Morbius, which I distinctly remember being a rapist in the cartoon, even. And I'm like, what? Mm. But he was like, he's a vampire. That tends to happen with vampires. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got okay. I got one. It wasn't okay. So my grandmother. Got Got really, really into buying Beanie Babies for me. Right, Beanie this was not, Babies. This was not something that I was uh, causing to continue. I wasn't perpetuating this. She was just really into buying them and giving them to me. So I accumulated over time a lot of these things. I don't know whatever happened to them. I never sought them and received so many. Yeah, Jay Ruiz mm. says uh, they had a gremlin Furby. I did too because that was the one they legally had to make because Furby looked so much like Gizmo in the Gremlins that they were like, mm, yeah, you know, you 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 can make our toy. That <laughs> oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it had arms. Uh, I'm sort of yes. We're talking about the uh, jingle all the way. Yes, that oh. that very that very important uh, <laughs> Christmas movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh. Sinbad. I think it's right up there with uh, you know <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's classic. Can I get a uh, mention Nate Milton's comment, which I love in the chat, which mm-hmm. is Batman merely adopted the knight. 
Frank was born in it. Hashtag glow in the dark beef. Nate Milton, you and your hashtags are amazing. Dark beef. <laughs> The darkest of beef. Yeah. So anyway, uh, young Martin Stein tries to get that Bebo. Uh, he also Monica disappears present. and uh, mm-hmm. shows up back in barbarian times, uh, Viking time. Viking well, we times. do get that little mm-hmm. foot chase to that sweet Hanukkah song. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. That's just, I, I wanted more of that Hanukkah song. Also, it's strange. It's it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of a tip of the hat to Hanukkah. And then now we're going to focus back on Christmas. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I had this moment where Stein was even doing... Uh, something that a lot of my Jewish friends seem to do, which is just like always like, and happy Hanukkah, like like remember Hanukkah, which is good and something you should do, right? But it's just weird that the that the episode seems to have this moment of like happy Hanukkah, and then all right, back to Christmas. That's right. Let's get back to the other Let's holiday get back here. To yes, or Yuletide uh, because true. it's uh, that's true. Yeah, if you go Yuletide, yeah. Uh, so we show back in present day, and we find out why Leo Snart decided to stay back on this Earth as opposed to going back to the Earth X. And that was uh, to help not just the legends reconcile the, the loss of Einstein, but specifically his old pal, Mick Rory. Get yeah. over that booze, that crunch of that booze. I, I enjoyed this a little bit here because it was funny to see this new dynamic between them. Yeah. And it was like... Do not say enjoy a little bit. Lucretia, for, no. uh, right there at the beginning, as soon as Leo pulls out that giant <laughs> yes. puppet, yes. she went bonkers. <laughs> and like a very specific custom Stein puppet. Yeah. Does Gideon make puppets? It must yeah. have been Gideon, must right? Be. That's what I was thinking, too. I don't think like Snart was like, all right. Time to get out the sewing kit. Hey, get the felt together. If you're making puppets, I would like uh, a Ray Palmer and a Leonard Snart one. Because <laughs> yeah. I love puppets, too. Like, I, I watch Greg the Bunny. I love Crank Anchors. Anything with a freaking puppet, I'm watching it. I like puppets. I'm down yeah. with puppets. Yeah. I, I can imagine, I'm sure the, the writer said, hey, when you're done with this episode, send that puppet down to us. We just want her to be just sitting in the corner of our writer's room. Yeah, Stein's always yeah. there. It just says R.I.P. It was like a nice little yeah. shrine. Oh, Wide, unblinking That's eyes. A, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we get to see him going through all the various uh, legend members, uh, trying to get them I to like, share their grief. I like that there's no reason they have to file in one at a time and have a little therapy session with him. And most of them, if not all of them, do so. True, because you think like after the first one, it's like, don't go in there, because he's got this, <laughs> he's got this giant Stein puppet, and he's gonna make you talk. Yeah. <laughs> but they all keep going. And Ray is the only one to at all participate. That's that's just so well, Ray. He's I, like, yeah. I like how Nate wanted yeah. the puppet, wanted the impression of the puppet to be perfect. Perfect. Was yeah. like, all right, Nate, well, let's adjust this. Yeah. Let's direct this a little bit. <laughs> like, I think this after is not a while, acting class. I think after a while, I think it gets a little bored on the time ship, so they're just yeah. kind of like, right, go in there. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a. Yeah. Puppet. It looks just like him. Yeah. It's weird because he's Snart, but not. He's Leo. He's <laughs> touchy feely Leo Snart. It's kind of great. I think it's weird that they're addressing all this death, and yet the fact that they had lost, they were mourning not too long ago the loss of Snart. And now he they have him back. Yeah. And they're not really talking about it. And there was even like a relationship happening between Sarah and Snart, like, back in the day. And it kind of has, like, she's not addressing it at all. It seems to be a little forgotten. Well, it's a little on weird. Crisis on Earth X, like, there were a few nods to them, like, you know. Bit. and But I feel like this is obviously not a Snart that's going to be in Sarah's wheelhouse. This is more about Mick's journey, I feel. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sarah had Alex on that, and then now we have her relationship yeah, with Ava Sarah's Blossom. Sarah's getting right. Yeah. Sarah's so. like, Sarah cleans up. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, but we do find that there's a level 12 anachronism being caused back uh-huh. in 1000 AD and that the Vikings have taken over and they've uh, all of North America and changed it into New Valhalla. Mm. So, you know, uh, of course, we've got to go back there. And we do learn, though, that uh, that young Martin Stein is the source of this anachronism. But it's not just him. It's more specifically Bebo. Bebo. <laughs> and Tim Bebo doll has become the god for these uh, these Vikings. And they decided not to head back to, to Greenland, but to stay in North America because Bebo says he's hungry. <laughs> he's yeah. hungry for war. Yes. But speaking of Vikings, oh, we cannot, wow. you know, not talk oh, about we that other Vikings. Viking. You want to talk yeah. about Vikings? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I we're going to talk about Vikings tell this me, whole tell episode. Me some, tell me some Viking stuff. But yeah, history's politically acclaimed series, Vikings, mm. has premiered. It's two-hour season premiere on November 29th, uh, but it is still going strong. Because season five begins with Ivar the Boneless asserting what? his leadership over the great heathen army. He's got um, no bones? No. Where do the bones go? Bones. Less than bones. I well, need to watch a show. Yeah. <laughs> I know. While Lagertha reigns as queen of Kattegat, Ivar's murder of his brother Singard sets the stage for vicious battles to come as Ragnar's sons plot their next moves after avenging their father's death. Spoiler alert. Bajorn follows his destiny into the Mediterranean Sea, and Floki, who is suffering from the loss of his wife Helga, like not Loki. to be confused with Loki, you know, he's Odinson. Like, he's Loki, but kind of more of a flow. Yeah, Floki. Yeah. The, the uh, Loki that does Does he have yoga. the bones? Who's got those bones? Mm-hmm. It's like, a, it's like a, a Ray Harryhausen skeleton. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they take to the seas, submitting himself to the will of the gods. This mm. season is full of startling alliances and unbelievable betrayals as the Vikings fight to rule the world. And again, guys, Jonathan Reese Myers is on the show again. What? Yeah. He, well, get out. You know, I know that guy. He was Elvis. He was David Bowie. Now he's a Viking. I, I, I gotta say, I liked a lot of the braided mullets I saw in this episode. Mm-hmm. Will I see more of those in that show? You know, I, it doesn't say anything about braided mullets, but it I does say answers, prophecies yes. of the seer into the lair of the seer, if you dare. Mm-hmm. Ready your ears for a full-on 3D audio immersion in prophecies of the seer. What is this? this what is that? Cool. This is, yeah. is that like it, an extra? Yeah, it is an extra piece. Beware. This audio series is not for the faint of heart. You'll be transported to the world of the Vikings, where the seer shares the gods' wishes for the new season. Don't forget, headphones are required for the full 3D audio impact. I was like, this is pretty cool. A little wow. companion pretty piece cutting there. cutting edge stuff. Yeah. It's like about the past, yet using future technology. Sure. I, I I am faint of heart though, so I hmm. like, I don't know if I'll be able to watch. It's not for you. Hmm. I guess not. This is not for you. Uh, there's no beef there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vegetarian. Uh, but yes, make sure you check out Vikings on History. Uh, hmm. Yeah, season five, one of the cool. best. Yeah, turning out to be the probably the, one of the best seasons yet. Uh, but now uh, one of the big thrusts here with uh, Leo is, uh, and I saw uh, some people mentioning in the chat there. I was like, hey, it was exciting to see uh, mixed alcoholism being addressed. <laughs> being addressed. Uh, do we do we find that Mick is is he just a, a functioning alcoholic? Is that basically how we would describe Mick Rory? Well, the thing is, when you're an alcoholic, you can't force them to change. You can you can talk to them about it. You can confront them, but you can't really take away their alcohol because they're just going to find out stuff. And I think that's kind of the arc that happens in this episode. I think he's I think he's a functionally functional alcoholic. He's also not you know he's not driving. 
the wave rider. Yeah, right. and that is the thing, is he is on the wave rider. If he wants yeah. to drink, you know, it's kind of like being on a cruise ship. I mean, I drank the whole time I was on a cruise. Sure. I would imagine that this is very similar. And he seems to have his emotions yeah. in check, unless they're puppets. Yeah. I mean, I don't or know. Or clowns. Yeah. Do you think that they, are they trying to set up a scenario where they're trying to bring McRory to some kind of rock bottom? Make him change his ways, or just like we had to touch on this for a second, and then we're just going to move on. I think he's still a fun drunk right now. I think he's still they're playing with the fun drunk and using that as a plot device. I don't think they're going to really develop a any dramatic. I feel yeah. like if you take that into a place of darkness, it's going to get real uncomfortable because he's yeah. a he's an imposing dude. I feel like you can't walk too far towards that line without making it re- like genuinely scary. Well, and the thing is yeah. too is I feel like this isn't the show for that. It was nice for them to have at least like, you know, Leo show concern for his friend and the drinking, but that's sort of part of the Rory character and while I mean I I am a big fan of Dr. Drew, you know, and all that and all, but I feel like and this Dr. is TV. Dre. Yeah, I do like Dr. Don't Ray. forget about Dre. But yeah, addiction is real and it needs to be treated responsibly on uh, television, but I feel like this is not the place where they're really going to delve into it. This was more about right. their, yeah. I feel like Arrow I, is the alcoholism yeah. show. I also think Arrow they, is the alcoholism show. I think the very special uh, Rory episode was the one where he met his dad and talked yeah. about kind of post-traumatic stress and stuff like that. I think that was his very special moment and I think besides that he's just a fun drunk that they could use like he wants to he wants to get the drink so that's why he messes the Bebo thing I think that's all they're really going to do with it you know, uh, one thing, it touched back on last week's episode, especially at the whole crisis on Earth-X, and, I mean, it ended up on, the kind of included with Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Arrow but, uh, is the show that causes alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, I saw Luna Malfoy 7, Arrow is the show that causes alcoholism. I love, great. guys, if, if you haven't seen this season or last season, get, you know, give Arrow a break. Watch those, you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It right. took me a long time to really warm up to some of this stuff, too, but... Oh, Thunder Wild yeah. says, tonight was the first time I watched Legends of Tomorrow. I yeah. guess we will probably have some yeah. people over from the crossover. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There you go. Who are kind of like, oh, what is this show? And check it out. Welcome. I hope this was a good first I feel show. They're definitely, yeah. The continuity stuff might be a little bit confusing if this is your first time. Yeah. But I feel like this was fun. I feel like this is actually tone-wise, I feel like this is a good... That's probably why they in. didn't yeah. address the, hey, remember when Snart was here but also dead and now I was also thinking, Snart. too, like, yeah. we've, we've done an alt version of Snart before yeah. last season. So they've been through it once. So I feel like maybe they've got a little spot in their brain where they can compartmentalize that. Yeah, but although like that snart was specifically just like bad guy version snart. Right. And it was never really like, hey, right. some extended sequences, we're going to be hanging out chatting But and still, stuff. You've, you've processed, at least partially processed the, oh my goodness, it's our friend that died and is here now. Of it. Yeah. Although this is such a huggy uh, type of Leo that I feel like, oh, I could now say all those things that I... Had him on the tip of my tongue for evil. What? And two, like, this is not the first time they've seen another version of Snart. Like, you know, so it's less, you know, jarring. They're like, oh, well, this one's all nice. Uh." (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, As I was saying, like, uh, last week uh, with the the Crisis on Earth X, that episode of Legends, I mean, had had a bunch more of a higher stakes, a little bit more of a serious tone to it, given the the death of Martin Stein in there. Right. you know, kind of a, a sharp, pretty much a sharp contrast to pretty much the show in general. It's kind of, a, I think, of all the shows, probably the most kind of ridiculous, kind of uh, goofy. Just, yeah, goofy show. Which what? is why I kind of like this episode. I thought this was kind of a nice holiday episode. It's you know, you, you touch upon the consumerism of the holidays, 
and then you go back and you kind of have a uh, a story about how they save Christmas. Yeah. That's literally what this show's about is them Christmas keeps changing into Bebo Day and then Odin Day and so they have to change it back to Christmas somehow. And so it has a fun light feeling to it and a goofy goofy subplot. And it did acknowledge like Hanukkah a lot because we do have Jewish characters yeah. on the show so it was nice that they were very inclusive. And too, like Christmas while considered a Christian holiday, I mean it was initially a pagan holiday and it has become more of a just general holiday rather than being associated with a religion necessarily. Even though we did have Ray sort of speak about that in the Thanks, Bebo. Thanks, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> the thing oh. I did like about it though is uh, we, of course we have young Martin Stein and if you have a young version of somebody that you know has died you can't, how's, how can you resist the temptation to try to alter that person's future by saying hey on this right. specific date you need to do something different and I feel that, that this is the type of show where you need to address like somebody that's died and you have access to a time machine uh, we have to at least kind of try to close off that avenue of like, how can we keep young Martin Stein from dying in the future? Right. Well, then this did a nice episode of kind of well, addressing that. At that point, yeah. too, though, why, if you were dead set on bringing him back or saving him from that particular fate, why couldn't you take like the jump ship and go a week before the events of Crisis on Earth X? And when he goes, I don't know, to get some tea from the kitchen, just run in and be like, hey, dude, don't split and get shot by Nazis. Hey, Gray, before you drink that Earl Gray, I'm going to need you to listen up here. You're going to die. <laughs> like Save that. the day. Yeah. I thought it was going to turn into a wrap. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I thought about it, and I'm not very good at that, so yeah. I just quit. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, and I do like how they built up. Um, I, I think the reason why they don't do that is because they've broken time a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're and, like, we're trying to fix it now. Yeah, and it feels like they've seen the repercussions of that, so they're kind of like, okay, now we know not to at least cross our streams when it comes to certain things. Right. And, but... In in this case, I like how it was Stein's decision not to read the letter, so it kind of like helped build up Stein a little bit as a nice little parting nod. And um, but the one thing I thought was funny was it was clear he's always going to remember that day, right? One thing yeah. that someone told me when I was in high school was just like, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you knew the last song you would hear before you died?" And then they looked at me and said, the last song you hear before you die is Mac the Knife. Now, whenever I hear <laughs> Mac the Knife, I feel that in my bones. So yeah. it's like, uh, it might not be the last. You could listen to it 500 times, but that 501st time, that's when you kick it. Right. So I know he's going to be thinking about that. Right. And Youngstein has pieced together already that he's he's dead. He's not on holiday with his family. He's dead. And he's given an envelope with a specific date on it. So yeah. even if you burn it, even if at no point do you know the contents of that envelope, you know when your number's up. Which I kind of like because it kind of made his sacrifice kind of even more poignant if you yeah. think about it. Like if you – it's not really how the time travel in the show works, but I, I I think we could pretend that he like always knew this was his time and this is – he knew the day it was going to happen. So when he saw that this is his death, it's actually going to be a pretty good death. Yeah, Bi like that. Billy Jean Girl, 24, in the chat said, Did you notice that Youngstein said the same thing that his future self said to Jax? Just let me go. I'm like, yeah. This is a good point oh. that uh, also Stormy Woods has brought up because I've been thinking oh. about we're losing cast members left yeah. and right on the show. And Stormy Woods says, I think Wally West should join the Legends. The Flash doesn't give him much, if anything, to do. 
I think that's kind of that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, that's what I've been hoping that Wally would come over here because he is underutilized on the Flash, and I think Kenyon Longsdale is great, and his version of Wally is the cool, fun, you know, cute, and we don't have a speedster, so yeah. I feel like he would pit, fit perfectly, and he and Nate were you know beat, punching bad guys in the first episode of this season, so yeah, yeah it wouldn't be a bad fit. Yeah, no, it's a shame if you have these characters and. For whatever reason, you can't fit them on their kind of home show because yeah. it's just already oh, have so many huge cast. All, cast all of these shows keep expanding their roster of characters as well. And what ends up happening inevitably is that you don't have enough time in a week or by extension over time in a season to really service everybody effectively and give everybody right. an arc. But you've got four shows. So you can move pieces around as you will. Yeah, I think porting Wally over at some point, even if it's just for a couple of episodes at a time, seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. We were also talking about how great it would be if uh, Killer Frost came over. Yeah. Because over the crossover, it seemed to be a great relationship developing between Killer Frost and Rory, but we can also see... Caitlin and Ray. And I'm like, wouldn't it be so much fun to have her date both of them as her different sides? I mean, it's very soap opery. I mean, yeah. I saw Jess, Tess, Bess, and all of them and date different people. <laughs> now, Nate Milton says that we should start the next after show with Mac the Knife. No! no. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <Mac>. foreboding B. <laughs> <No. laughs> yes. No! <laughs> I need to hear a song immediately after it. So I know it's like, oh, no, I've heard a new song. But I, what I'm looking forward to is one day I'm going to be 150 on my deathbed surrounded by several grandchildren and be like, now is my time to go. Mm-hmm. Please play Mac the Knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. They're like, what? My grandpa? What? Uh, so... Now, uh, Sarah feels, hey, the legends are all compromised because we've lost Stein, so we're, we're not exactly – we're never usually right. even on our A game anyway. We're pretty much like a B game kind of team, but right now we're even less than that. So we need maybe an outsider's perspective. So they reach out to good old <laughs> Sarah uh, from uh, Agent Sharp. I think that B game was, was mm. you, Frank. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that was Sarah exactly. <laughs> no, she wasn't saying that, but I, my, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my editorialization of that is that yeah. usually that's a, they're a B team at best. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. they're legends, they're outcasts and misfits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't call yourself an outcast and misfit and get like an A game going. Yeah. They're not heroes; they're <laughs> merely <laughs> legends. That's right. Merely. So we get Agent Sharp from the Time Bureau, and of course, as we've all kind of uh, had those thoughts, and I'm sure many people have in the chat right. as well too, a certain kind of uh, connection between Agent Sharp and Sarah, and this one really starts dialing in on it in this particular episode. I have a question. So this is all done in a fairly clandestine way. I have a question about the the doorways, little portals that she travels through. Yeah. Those doorways that open really big, and we can see like well into the Time Bureau headquarters on the other side. Is this like a one-way mirror, or can anybody who's in that lobby see onto the Wave Rider at the same time? And if so, is that not a bad idea if you're trying to have clandestine... Well, and they know she's on the Wave yeah. Rider, and they don't quite know what she's doing, but like... They know she went there, and then they were told, oh, we can't bring the Time Bureau to come help you, but that doesn't mean maybe the they can do it themselves. I don't know. But gener- generally, right, just as a piece of tech, it would be helpful to like be finger swipe the doorway size. Just for secrecy's sake. Just make it, a little, yeah. Yeah. make it like a doggy door she has to crawl through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Perfect. two, I'm like, I love how that's your first thought with that. Me, I was like, well, if they can see in there, I wish like we'd have like Mick or somebody like moaning them or something. like. You know, that's what I would do. Was, of course. Yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, just screw with them. It's like, yeah, yeah that's what they see when they come in. So yeah. uh, are we liking the uh, the course of the relationship between Agent Sharp and Sarah? Yeah, 
Yeah, I like it. I think it's funny that the <laughs> that I think Sarah seems to get uh these wide open door flirtations that yes. are just always like, Oh, I'm not the marrying type. Oh, I was I was in a relationship with a woman. And it's always like she always gives the same look. Mm-hmm. It's we just had this like last week yeah. where, with Alex that it was kinda like, Oh, Okay, I guess you're for me. <laughs> and this is you're why I like Sarah is like she's very much like, you know, Jack Hartness and Torchwood and stuff, just like begging everybody. But I love it because Sarah's very healthy about it. Like it, I don't feel like she regrets anything. And her relationship with Ava already is interesting. We've seen the chemistry. I love Jess McCallan because I yeah. I watch Mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> uh so of course the legends uh, their idea is hey, we're gonna storm the village. Uh, we're going to act like we're uh, fellow Vikings. We're here to celebrate. We've lost some members of our crew. We've got some alcohol. Let's all drink, celebrate, uh, be merry, and then right. let's try to lift Bebo while we get the chance. And they almost did it, too. Like, they really – it almost got pulled off, uh, especially when they are able to extinguish the fire under Rory. So it seems like, oh, that is an act of God. And then you have uh, – the problem is – those toys, if you've ever tried to hold the Tickle Me Elmo, mm-hmm. it really does go off in your head. They're yeah. so cuddly. Don't don't ever say that again, Dave. I know. I was like, <laughs> that's what she said? <laughs> I mean, they should have taken the batteries out, yeah. I guess. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Those Tickle Me Elmos can be a real problem. Yeah, Stormy Woods is like, oh. Ray inside Bebo made me laugh, is what Stormy Woods said. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. loving that moment. Because I like that we're finally really using the Atom powers. We're using like, well. the shrink stuff. And <laughs> yeah. it's all working. Yeah, and it's not just like uh, Iron Man Blast or anything. Right, it's we're good. actually using oh. the powers in creative ways now. Yeah, Frank. Uh, yeah, he, he went inside a doll, guys. It wasn't that. It's it a was start. adorable. <laughs> it's and he, a star. And he, he did explained the Jesus. stretchy mm-hmm. thing with the hand. Yeah, and he did. Did. like that Jesus is the true God and global warming is real. Yeah, but that's not a superpower. And he was like, you know, but, but science <laughs> and technology are still good. I love right, but science and technology are still good. <laughs> I mean, yes, 2020, he could have shrunk Bebo down to the size of, a, of an ant and yeah. put him in his pocket and then walked away with it. 2020. But hey, I like the flying Bebo and talking Bebo. That was funnier. That was pretty great. Yeah. So we do see, though, that Bebo does get burned by Mick. Of course, he's always seen. Right. He hates the death of Bebo. Yes. Uh, And and I know that that, uh, Dave uh, got choked for a little moment while that happened. It was very powerful. (laughs) It was a moment you saw. The way his voice slowed down as he slowly died. I don't think there's been any death in the Berlante universe as powerful as Bebo's death. Well said, Dave. Well said. <laughs> uh, but we also get an arrival of somebody else. Uh, Odin drops into town, uh, played by Damien Dark. I love uh, that. Backed up by his daughter, Nora. He couldn't wear an eye patch. That's my thing. Like, you know, the stories really? of Odin. He got the wig. Yeah. And the, he's really dressed more like Thor, if anything. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if you're going to be Odin, you got to be have one eye. I'm not yeah. I'm just, I really appreciate Damien Dark's sense of theatricality and showmanship, and I love that it extends to costumes. And that's why this show is perfect for Damien Dark. Neil McDonough's yeah. Damien Dark is a very fun villain, and he just, 
always surprises me with his more ridiculous right. moments like and, this. And also, yeah. this was a nice moment for the legends where they didn't just go, oh, someone we can't beat, let's attack him. Yeah. There they was that, that moment of retreat is actually kind of nice. And yeah. then they. I like the moments where we kind of see the different scenarios of right. What would yeah, I like that. Attack. That played out really well. Yeah, yeah, that was really was nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, they're, I mean, the scenario that they thought might work the best uh, almost does. <laughs> Which I, I, is interesting that I feel like Nate is, while he's in his battle form, is kind of resistant to Dark's abilities. Is that what well? His is? neck can't snap. He's trying to yeah. snap his neck like he he would. With everyone else, but it's it's harder to do with the steel skin. I mm. like that they apparently predicted exactly what would happen to the smallest detail up to a certain point, and then apparently did not discuss anything that might happen after that specific point. I, I love that they plan the one-liner so well. Like, you know Nate was like, I know he's going to say something, yeah. and then I'm going to be like, performance anxiety? Like, he was thinking, because yeah. to tell you the truth, I straight up do that, because I'm like, I know what I'm going to say. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> yeah. like, a lot of times, but it doesn't always work out as well as it did with Nate. Right. Yeah. The one thing I did like, though, is that uh, as they're doing the whole big battle, we get to see uh, Leo and Mick take on Nora. And it's kind of nice to see the, uh, the Fire and Ice oh, kind of together. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I yes. miss the two of them together quite a bit yeah which brings up the question how how long are we gonna have him how long are we gonna have leo on the ship i don't know it's uh i i i've not seen anything saying how long he's gonna stay i mean i know there's that talk before i know about this was it yeah so So. maybe it's he he could ride out the season i mean he does have a contract for the season so maybe he rides it out and then Heads back to Earth X. I hope I so. That yeah, would be kind of nice. I would like to see that. If we're, you know, if this is it, I want, I want this Leo Snart till the end. Yeah, I don't want him to die though this season. Yeah. I, I, feel I just like want him to go back to Earth X. Just with go his back. That was nice. Hang out with Ray. Yeah, be great. Yeah. So I mean, they kind of does open the door that perhaps we'll see Ray at some point this season too. Maybe he does decide to come back. Okay. I don't know. I because I don't feel like it looks like Cisco gave him one of the devices that he gave Kara. In the sense where he could kind of jump back and forth between Earths. And I guess you don't want to give somebody. Even if they're a good guy on Earth X, uh, a device that allows them to teleport. Yeah, just in case. Seems right. too risky. So it's like, all right, no, uh, we'll call you. Don't, don't, yeah. yeah, don't call us. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they, they battle the battle dark. Uh, he, of course, once Nori gets taken down, says, ah, come on, screw it, you guys. Uh, I'm done fooling around. And uh, I, I like that his, his big uh, trident there with the lightning just taking everybody down. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we see uh, he wants to teleport out using the little stones. Using his magic stones. And uh, Sarah, I, I like that. Sarah goes on top of everyone. It's like, nope, not that easy. And she yeah. gets teleported to Mouse's uh, home dimension, wherever that may be. Yeah, kind of stares into the eye of Sauron there. Yeah, and this weird, like we see this giant hand in her eye, like this real close shot of her eye, this big, gnarly-looking hand. Yeah. So is Mollus, I think we've talked about this before, but is Mollus in the comics? Is there any deep yeah. cuts? Not, nothing that was coming to mind for me, and I never, I haven't okay. really, I didn't actually even look it up. So there absolutely wow, could be. Wow, yep, I know, slacking guys, I'm slacking on that one. Uh, but we see uh, before that Hank can reach her, though Agent Sharp, even though she said, "Hey, the Time Bureau said we can't help you. You're on your own." Uh, said she decides to come back anyway and pulls her up. Oh yeah, yeah. by the rips in prison. That's true. I know, ah. poor Rip. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Malice is taking over the Time Bureau. That's what it sounds like. I kind of think so. He's probably possessing them, because I feel like this is where we're headed, is that it's more like a possessive demon and really getting into these people and making them believe that this is not real, Rip is crazy. 
you know. But I also feel like Rip is like one of those guys that and they say like, hey, don't defend yourself in court. Get yourself a lawyer. Get yourself a really good lawyer. Rip's like, no, I got this no. myself. I got it myself, guys. And then he just starts getting all raving mad. And everybody's like, well, no, just go. I hope that, you <laughs> know, kind of how The Flash has like those extra scenes with elongated man. We need these with Rip and his court scene. Like, we need that. Rip Hunter defending himself in court. That's our next stretch scene That's right. there. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so uh, we, we get to see them. Everybody gets back safe and sound. And uh, we do see Jax has given uh, Youngstown a letter. He doesn't read it. He goes back into mm-hmm. 1992 to find out, hey, why didn't why didn't you read this letter I gave you? I mean, I, I spent a lot of time writing it. It was you know, a really nice penmanship. The least you could do is at least you know, read it. Uh, but no, Stein burnt it and uh, says, hey, you got to let me go. You got to live your life. You can't keep looking backwards. I did like that. The show got to say goodbye to the character of Stein outside of the crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's With it. The puppet. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> that was, it. That was, that was it. really it. No, no, no. I, I felt like yeah, it's just like like I was saying before. It's like when you have time travel as such an easy out for any character's death. It was nice for them to at least address you need the to fact address that, it. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, this is something that's going to stick, guys. It's not something that we're just going to go back and uh, diminish the impact of that death by saying, "Oh yeah, no, he's fine now. He read this letter and everything's great." And oh, here comes Victor Garber just walking into the <laughs> ship. Like, hey, everybody, Hello. I'm, <laughs> I'm back. Uh, so yeah, but uh, they Jax though is so affected by that that he says, "You know what? I I need to get away from this now." So yeah. did yeah. any of you have any idea that he was going to be leaving the show? Yeah, it's not just Jax leaving the show this episode; it is Franz as well. The actor has decided to step away from the show as well. Yeah, I was yeah. so surprised by that because I kind of figured that he would just get to be Firestorm by himself, which made sense. Um, and then that's not the direction they've decided to go. Thanks. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows if that doesn't rule out, we might see him again at some other point down the road, maybe next season at some point, or maybe the season finale, who knows, but at least as an ongoing presence, yeah, he's no more. Yeah, that's sad to see him go. That was a surprise. I was hoping he was going to be, like, gone for a couple of episodes. I figured it would be one of those as well, yeah, but no, apparently he has actually exited the show full-time. Although I think that that is a character that, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, too, it's like, with, with a unique power set and origin where it's basically two people forming into one if we wanted to try to find somebody else to kind of swap in and, and be his new Stein then it's another character that you're going to have to set up and reintroduce right. that's a lot of heavy lifting mm. to do for that show and there was also the, a moment in this episode where they were about to fight all these Vikings and bad guys and then it just showed like you know everyone had their guns their superpowers their martial arts ability and then Jax had a sword <laughs> yeah. and I kept thinking like what are you gonna do with that sword like you're fighting Vikings like he did punch out a Viking right away which was very impressive and he stabbed but, one too yeah but I'm like you got guns you got a whole room of guns yeah, yeah remember yeah, Rip had that big old uh, banned weapons room that he had yeah grab one of those banned weapons and make that your thing now you're like a guy with a gun now, I but, feel like the biggest impact, I mean, certainly Firestorm is a great power set to have, but I feel like the biggest impact is that he was the mechanic for the Wave Rider. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a skill that, you know, they used a lot, which was always a good thing for Jax to have. It set him apart. Oh. So, who I don't know what the, the void will fill. Like, as you're saying, Dave, like, now there's a room for, like, if you want to bring in a Wally West or somebody right. else to bring Nate in there. Milton in the chat says, since mm-hmm. they're going to save money on Firestorm, we mm-hmm. definitely need Wally on Legends of Tomorrow. Well, and, too, Wally also was, you know, a street racer, and it could easily be said that he, you know, was a car mechanic. Because I'm trying to remember if there were any scenes specifically showing him working on cars. But that's mm-hmm. why I always kind of wish that he and Jax had become friends, because they were close in age and, and both had similar interests. So, and right. figure but, yeah, I'm like, we could... Huh. 
super speed learning allows you to be able to read all the technical manuals and get up to speed on everything. True. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you can easily fill in for that as well. It is interesting to see too, right? And originally the plan for this show was that it was going to be an anthology. Oh, he's an engineer too. Stormy Woods uh, let us know and Nate Milton. Oh yeah. Okay, that that's Wally what I was wondering. Because I was right. like, they I think Wally. he was going to school they for something. Wally. They need Wally. Yeah. Yeah. Who do we talk to? Yeah, come on. They need, they need well. But it's interesting to see, right, the, the original plan for Legends of Tomorrow. Hello, the CW. Yeah. Greg Berlanti. Yeah. Get Wally over to Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave's got his wallet phone out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it serves uh, two purposes. But right, so the original intention was for Legends of Tomorrow to be an anthology show, right? And it would follow a completely different lineup of characters each season. This is how you do a wallet phone. Obviously, <laughs> we're, wall- we're still wallet phoning. I know, I was like, wait, I have saying. a wallet phone. <laughs> no, but obviously, obviously, that's not how it ended up panning out and we're keeping essentially the backbone of our team intact but it does seem like there's hair on me is this yours probably uh, it does seem like little by little we are rotating most of our ensemble out and again it makes so much sense this is the show on which you can do that and it's always sad to see a cast member go once you feel like as an audience member you've developed a relationship with that character right. but it enables you to cycle in whether it's your Wally West or whether it's for uh, a couple of episodes or hopefully for longer say uh, your John Constantine that's yes. true yeah and uh, you know what that means guys they drink up drink. yeah because I also figure too in terms of like uh, a show's longevity too if you are constantly bringing in new actors at uh, that that kind of d- lo- lowers the uh, the the bottom line when it comes to star salaries and stuff like that so if that can right. really get impact oh. a show's budget especially in its later seasons it makes it too cost a cost of it to keep continuing the show so yeah, and plus it lets you cycle through a lot of cool DC characters. I know. It's like, can't we have Swamp Thing if we're saving money on Firestorm? Get Swamp yeah. Thing. And Swamp <laughs> Thing and John Constantine are who should down. join this, and Zatanna. Let's have it just be DC Dark. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead man. Etrigan. Dead man. Yes. Well, we did see that Jax wanted to be uh, say, like, hey, don't tell anybody uh, I'm leaving until I'm gone. And uh, Sarah says, oh, sure, but uh, sends up, uh, sets up a little uh, farewell party for Surprise party. Yeah. He Good honor, Sarah. He yeah. did not mind. No, that's true. No. No. There's a lot nice. of Christmas trees. It's nice. That I feel like if you're having a Christmas episode, you need to have the one like, we're gathered around the Christmas table <laughs> eating the Christmas ham. <laughs> you know, that exactly song. Like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the actually, timeless, that's, that one. Uh, I know of Christmas time in hell says something, but it has to do with Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer and what he'll do with the Christmas ham. Cool. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, but <laughs> I, did, I did like, especially coming off of the loss of Stein and how dark that crossover got and how deeply upsetting and... and yeah tear-jerky it all was. I appreciated that this episode, yes, we took the time to acknowledge it, we took the time to really give a send-off to the character of Stein, but it was also a celebration of what they still had. That scene, it actually, like, it got me. I wasn't getting, like, teary or anything, but I actually felt the warmth in that scene, the celebration of the family that they still do have, and this found family that they built over a couple of years together. I thought that was nice. Right. That was sweet. I get a little, I get a little soft spot when Sarah uh, mentioned, uh, referred to Jax as her little brother. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was yeah. very sweet, and and I really like Sarah as a leader and how she's taking care of people because like she didn't even get mad at Jax for trying to stop Stein. It was just like, oh, and he didn't do it. You know, she was more concerned. About him in that moment instead of being, you know, the boss. Yeah. Right. I mean, as somebody that's lost her own yeah. sister and has struggled with the idea of, like, hey, is there a way I can save her? I feel like that's that kind of leader you need to at least give your give somebody that's working under you uh, a little time to kind of sort it out yeah. on their own as well. Uh, but, of course, Jax leaves. Sarah walks back on the ship. And as... Lighter flip. Yes. 
Uh, and that's that's when Lucretia just melted down. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Finally, there you go. Finally. No, no more cartoon mentions. No more just name checks and social media. This was it. Our boy John Constantine in full it. glory. Yeah. You did it, Lucretia. Thank you, Dave, for there acknowledging that this Just, was all me. It's totally <laughs> you. <laughs> you called yes. him up on your wallet phone. I did. So um, there you go. How, what was it like to see John Constantine in live action after so long? It was great because we did get him in Arrow Season 4, which was nice. But guess what? It's Arrow Season 6, guys. And it's Legends of Tomorrow, now Season 3. I'm so happy that he's here, but I want him to stay for more. We only right. have the next episode, and we have to wait till February. Yeah, that so is. It was a little bittersweet, and it was a nice little yeah. like, "Hey, remember yeah. when I saved your soul?" I yeah, like that. You owe me. Yeah, I kind of like that. Oh thing that Constantine tends to do. And that is very Constantine. So I was like, okay, good. Because it's not like he's going to show up for altruistic reasons. And the other thing, too, is it sounds like between what he says and what little we saw in the tease for the episode that they're going to come back with, it seems like we're leading it into a very very Constantine-type story, like a very Hellblazer-type scenario where there's a demon in a little girl, and they're going to have to go fight the demon with magic and hopefully smoke a whole bunch of cigarettes. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully. Well, and this will be interesting because it's very rare that they have present day adventures. So this will be interesting to see. Is it in present day? I mean, maybe that's why he's going to them is to go it, back to go back in uh, time. That might be true. Yeah. Well, Could, I guess we'll find out. You're right, Dave. Because well, I kind of wonder if they'll February. bring up like the if maybe he's going back in time to save Astra, which is a big part of right. you know the NBC series and in the comics as well. Um, so yeah, that same that's story. His big regret is like the is girl he, he couldn't, couldn't save her. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet whatever girl they're going to save. It's probably a different girl. Yeah, and also has something to do with Mollus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I figure is this is Mollus. But who knows? Maybe he's like, oh, Mollus is the one who possessed Astro. Mm." Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, the show is actually going to go on its winter hiatus. And it won't be back until Monday, February 12th. Switching nights to a, a, a different night now that Black Lightning will be taking the place right after The Flash starting in January. We don't quite know what. What day we'll be on? We might still be on Tuesday. We might be on Monday, but we'll let you guys know before it actually is February twelfth. Yeah, and this actually is my last episode of the show. But uh, oh, I got a little letter. It says don't open. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Until today. Actually, oh, this up. oh yeah. Oh, it just says stay on the show, Lex. No. <laughs> oh. This is weird. I couldn't yeah. let you go, I, Frank. I feel like. It's We're still, gonna get still. the black mold, Frank. <laughs> oh Lord, I guess I'll I guess I'll stay on the show, guys. Yeah. I guess I'll stay on the we, show. We gotta yeah. do it. It's in a it's in a letter. That's yeah. right. Yep. From there Lex. It's real important. <laughs> so uh yeah, <laughs> thanks for writing that right before the show. <laughs> I gave it to him when he was in middle school. He was super confused. Oh didn't yeah. know who I was. There was a whole stranger danger thing. I ran from the police. Yeah. <laughs> the kid was like, Who is this five star deficient man? <laughs> This is what Frank sounded like when he was in the <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. Spot oh, on. I'm a little Frank Moran. <laughs> I've learned my ABCs. Would you like to hear them, mother? <laughs> One day my voice will go drop into a sultry baritone. <laughs> but until then, I sound like this. Mother. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Now we have Beautiful. to see pictures of us all in middle school. That'll be our next right. task. Um, there you go. We gotta my see little, little bow tie, my, my suspenders. Perfect. Oh, yes. my God. Me with my top hat and cane and... Uh, and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne doll. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty well uh, had 
dark hair. I, they called me Daria in school, but I did have similar T-shirts to this. Right. Yeah. So, uh, of course, <laughs> the show's going to be taken off for its winter hiatus, but what are we hoping to see in the uh, upcoming second half of the season? Of course, we know Malice is the big overriding threat. We've got John Constantine coming back in the first episode that, uh, when it returns in February. But what else are you hoping to see? And the rest of this lab. Well, I, I hope we get. I hope we get Jacks back for the at least the big final bat battle. At least like the fight that that's going to happen because we're going to have Grodd coming back. We're going to yeah. have like all these people. It'll be nice to kind of pump up the legends uh, since we're losing so many people. They need to have some more heavy yeah. hitters. I would like it a great deal if Leo stuck around for the rest of the season. I know as far as we know, Constantine's only got the one full episode, but if we could see more of him before the season is over, I would like that a great deal right. as well, especially because we're fighting right. such a magic-heavy lineup of adversaries. You need somebody in your corner that's got an arsenal of spells at their disposal. Yeah, you need more magic people. We got John Constantine, and we you know only have him supposedly for this next episode, but right. maybe they'll just be like, yeah. Well, he's got that damn helmet of fate. Like, let's find yes. somebody else to be wearing that helmet and have Dr. Fate join the legends. Let's that would be give Jax the helmet. Yeah, I also think Jax will make a great Spectre, but that's just me. Oh, I love Spectre. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah. Uh, and Billy Jean Girl 24 says, Bring the human target onto legends. Uh, I like that idea. Yeah. No, but I do like the idea, at least hopefully Constantine will at least give them a game plan to how to combat uh, Damien Dark and the, the rest of the people that are so many. Yeah, at least find out what those runes are. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going to be gone for a while, but you're never going to be far from our thoughts. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, what are we all most thankful for this holiday season? Oh, you, Frank. You and your beef. It's always, uh, it's always Frank, Frank Moran. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. You should not be thankful for that. That's like a lump of coal. You're the star. <laughs> you're the little angel on my Christmas tree. Hey, we oh, can't no. heat our houses without those lumps That's of coals. Mm. That's beautiful. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, even though the show's over, that doesn't mean that your involvement ends here, though. Because you know what? You can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Not just because you enjoy the show, but to keep Lex Michael going strong. Because the holidays are coming up, and we want to make sure that Lex Michael is around to survive those survive the new year and then be back here in February to rejoin the show I'm gonna right. distill it into pudding mm. <laughs> great uh, and thanks everybody for uh, subscribing to the, uh, the YouTube channel give it a thumbs up there and for hopping in the chat so uh, ladies and gentlemen if you want to continue the conversation with us wish you some well wishes uh, you know share your thoughts about the show any other cool little insights that you may have Lucretia, where can they find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And if you never tire of seeing my face, there is one show still on during the hiatus, and it is Hard TV Weekly on Sunday nights here at 10 p.m. That is where we discuss Lucifer, at least for now, and then um, all your horror TV needs, like Ash vs. Evil Dead. Great. Yeah. Cool. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael, and I also do a show with Tari J. Miller called Missing Out. We grew up differently. We found different pieces of media at different times, and we want to share those pieces of media with each other and with you. This week, an episode that dropped uh, today, in yes. fact, yeah. in, in honor of Crisis on Earth X, Lucretia Lyon joins us to talk about the entire DC CW universe, starting with Arrow Season 1, tracking how we got to this massive four-way crossover that aired just last week. Come check out the show. Uh, last month, Dave Child guested. Lucretia Lyon guested for the first time. We're getting Frank. 
We're going to break him down. No, Lucretia twice, happen. me once, you none. We're going to break him down. Zero. Frank is very expensive. Yeah. He's very yeah. expensive and his reps play hardball. But come check the show out. We love doing it. We hope you like it too. You can find us uh, wherever you find your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, on Twitter, at Missing Outcast. Check it out. I, I pitched some amazing movie ideas on that, guys. You have to listen to this. Hollywood. <laughs> and you can find me at MRDaveChild on Twitter or DaveChild.com. Because I'm Dave Child. And also, I'll be on the uh, Doctor Who holiday special after show whenever we do it. I think it'll be around January 2nd or so. So that I'll be on before the we come back with Legends. And also make sure to watch my short press start and share it with all your friends and family over the holidays. Thank you. You're welcome, Dave. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie. Ladies and gentlemen, have a safe, sound, fun, cheerful, merry holiday. And we'll see you back here in February right here on AfterBuzz TV for another episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Speed off. Kiss your mothers for me. (laughs) From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Happy holidays! holidays. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 